0: been working with this gentleman for quite some time. We've been um, mentoring in order to get his project out there and exposed to you guys as far as like what he's working on. So I've got a very special guest. His name is Buck Adams and he is a student on campus and he has this amazing project that I want you guys to hear. So without further ado, I'm going to bring him on and let him talk about all the cool things he's working on. So hi, Buck.
1: Hey, Diana. how's it going?
0: Good, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you.
0: Good. I'm so, so, so excited with the work that we've done that we finally have you on. Yeah. So you can talk about your project. So with our listeners, can you just tell everybody a little bit about you and how you came to Red
1: Rocks? Um, yeah, it's been uh, a little bit of a windy road. First of all, thanks for having me. You know, greatly appreciated. I, I, I'm excited for this. Um, you know, so how I got here, um, I got here through the Gateway Program at Red Rocks. And if you're not familiar with the Gateway Program, it's for individuals that have been incarcerated and are looking to reintegrate and um, use the reintegration path of college potentially. And so it's set up that they basically have Pell Grants for your use. So it's a free um, year um, of school that you get to kind of come in and Test it out and see what school life is about, um, and it's been great. So um, I'm very grateful for the opportunity, you know. And then here I sit now um, with you guys on, on you know, on another thing I'm working on. So it's exciting. Good, yeah.
0: Well, and I'm all about like. Human empowerment, like leaving someone better than where they were. Like my mom always taught me, leave something better than you found it. You know, even if it's picking up a piece of trash, or you know, you see somebody crying and you just stop. Do you need help? Do you need a hug? What you know, what do you need? Kind of thing. Right. So, uh, in a huge way, your product really sings to my heart and my soul for that. So I, I can't wait to hear more about that. But um, where did you grow up? Like, what was life for you before incarceration?
1: Um, well, I, you know, I had it pretty good. Uh, I was an entrepreneur. I'd started a couple companies and, and sold one to a, a, a private equity firm, started a nonprofit dealing with veterans reintegration called Veterans to Farmers, and we had partnered with the likes of CSU, Denver Botanical Gardens, Denver Mental Health, and it, uh, you know, at the time of my incarceration had trained over 100 individuals and given them certificates in either organic or hydroponic farming. And, you know, prior to that, I grew up in Texas on a ranch, product of a, of a divorce, some violence in the home, dad alcoholism, those kind of things. Re moved from Texas to Arkansas, middle of high school, became a little bit of a board student. I wouldn't say a problem student, but more of a board student with academics. And so right after school went into the Marine Corps, after boot camp and basic training, ended up in the Philippines during the Desert Storm era. Mount Pinatubo blew up, which was the uh, second or largest eruption um, of that century, and you know ran evacs, closed down Subic Bay, that was with you know the Pacific home of the Pacific Fleet. Um, while I was there, I stood Corporal of the Guard, Sergeant of the Guard, more or less taught hand to hand combat for all the centuries on post. For up until Desert Storm, was the only place in the world that we had loaded weapons. Um, so yeah, so you know I had a, a full life prior to incarceration and. What led me into incarceration was I'd become the proverbial frog in boiling water. I, I didn't recognize my own anger and rage. And I was dealing with a situation with a squatter um, living in a garage, actually. And uh, it had just come to a point after about a month that one little snide comment by this individual kind of set me off. And um, I went into sentry mode versus civilian mode and well uh some of it was i moved him from the property out into the alley and then that was caught on camera and the camera was not my friend
0: mm. yeah. i'm sorry that happened to you my my dad was a vet and i had family and friends in desert storm and i know it's hard when you guys leave war setting And then you come back in the reality here and now, and, you know, my dad battled that his entire life. So my heart goes out to you because I know that was just instinct that the government trained you to have.
1: Yeah, I mean, a little bit of that kicked in. And like I said, part of it was that I I had had PTSD and Mm -hmm. and some things that were unresolved and triggers that I didn't recognize. Um, And... You know, for most incarceration, I mean, it's, it's a terrible place. Prison, I do not suggest it. I'm a, I'm a highly a person that loves experiences and, and sharing experiences, and I, I don't recommend sharing that one. Right. <laughs> oh, <my goodness>. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I try to find a little bit of humor in that. But, you know, I kind of look at it as and I was like, that's my state-funded vacation. I actually got to unplug completely. Um, I went in with the mindset when I got sentenced. I'm like, well, you know, um, unfortunately, because of my crime, I had a mandatory sentence. So right at sentencing, I got handcuffed and locked up. Mm. Um, I didn't have a chance to, you know, uh, pack up my home, close down accounts. I didn't have a chance to really do anything. Um, so it, it was devastating to life, so to speak. And, you know at at the sentencing i was like well uh i got sentenced 7 years um i did a little bit under 2 years i just recently got out of the halfway house in july and you know during that time i was like well i'm a monk now <laughs> <laughs> so and then this is going to be my ashram and this is going to be my home and i'm going to do my studies and i created yoga and meditation programs in both prisons i was at and I just kind of did a deep dive in the, in the self and into myself and into, you know, I got in touch with those issues that were caused that rage and, and that anger mm. and kind of put that to bed, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, while I was going through that process, um, I saw a tremendous amount of human creativity and... um. You know, artistic skills being put into crafts and actual art and drawings, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is incredible." There's got to be a market for this, mm-hmm. and I kind of came up with the idea of an e-commerce platform. It's before I knew what Etsy was, um, but basically, I, I came up with an Etsy for inmates type situation. And fast forward, after a couple of years of, of being in in the halfway house situation, um, I've gotten out. And while I was in, I started working with this group called Defy Colorado. And Defy works on um, changing mindset, helping people re-change their hustle, so to speak. You know, get into the entrepreneurship mindset. There's so many people that have found themselves in there for drug use or drug dealing and other things. 95% of the people are coming home. You know, what kind of neighbor do you want when you when you get out? It's not the fact that, that you know, well, they're out you're out of sight, out of mind. But right. most of them are getting out, and most of them are going to become someone's neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know, and who do you want for a neighbor? Do you want someone that's broken and, and not been rehabilitated, or do you want someone that's been through the chance of have reform and has a new mindset and can, you know, become a productive civilian?
0: And artist therapy, like... Um, I used to work with abused children because I was an abused child. You know, I, we share similar backgrounds, Texas history, spiritual, um, this thirst kind of thing. And it, it really is therapy. And we would see those kids make huge transformations. I did that for about two years with them. Um, and they would have huge transformations of when you're being creative and you're using that part of your brain. You're actually healing way more than you think you are, Um, but it's a great creative expression and an outlet to be able to move and shift and heal. So I am thrilled for you guys to, or you, to create this project because I know the importance. I've seen it work with little kids, so I can imagine the impact it has on grown adults.
1: Yeah, um, there was a recently um, an article that just came out about that that is finally being recognized um, in the prison system as, as a therapy. There's a ton of programs out there nationwide that do this. The Justice Arts Coalition is kind of a, a group that forms up a lot of nonprofits and helping support them that either go in and teach art or provide art um, supplies for the guys and, and gals. Um, I use guys as a term of endearment. It's, it's broad-reaching. Um, and, you know, the the program that we were creating, Prison Art, um, is the company name, prisonart.co. We couldn't get .com because there's a group in the Caribbean that's sitting on that and wants like $20,000 for it. But that's another story. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we went with .co, but we also have like .store and some other ones. But... Um, we have a landing page up right now that kind of tells a little bit about the story and, and who we are. There is a we. There. I have a, a co-founder. His name's Noah Baker, uh, a guy that's did about 10 years for uh, a drug problem. He was a graffiti artist and came out and has turned his you – know, spent the 10 years really perfecting his drawings and uh, his eye. And has come out and become a pretty successful street artist. He has several walls in the you know the Rhino area during Crush.
0: I bet I've seen his work then.
1: You probably have. Yeah, oh, um, Noah. Yeah, Noah. So he goes by the by Took, um, Tuke, T U K E. So check him out uh, on Instagram. Um, and you know, kind of going back into you know how this came about. I guess you know the idea of when I met with Defy... Um, when they had their first introduction into the prison, you know, I had the entrepreneur background. I'd kind of started, you know, this before. And I was like, well, you know, I talked to them about that. And they are like, well, you're a perfect candidate. And I came in and started going through the program. And one of the individuals that sat on the board for Defy at that time uh, was a gentleman named Brad Feld. And if you're not familiar with Brad, he, he's a pretty influential semi-famous, well, I guess we would say he's famous, venture capitalist. Um, And he founded with a a number of other people um, the Foundry Group here in Colorado. And the Foundry Group was a huge supporter of Defi and helped bring Defi to Colorado. And I told him about this idea and he's like, I think it's a great idea. When do you get out, you know, come meet with us. So again, fast forward about a year and a half at that point. Um, While I was still at the Halfway House, I I went up to Foundry Group and met with uh, his partner, Jason Mendelson. And Jason and I, Jason was a phenomenal gentleman, um, you know, kind of opened up the doors and I got probably two hours to sit in his office and just talk to him about this idea and what it could mean and, and what it is. And he's like, OK, um, well, let's see what we can do and you know, go to work trying to put together a deck. And we went back and forth on the deck for about a month. He goes, well, it's not perfect, but it's close enough. Uh, and he and his wife, Jen, um, another phenomenal lady, Brad and Foundry Group pulled together some monies, put it into Defy Colorado, and they gave me a job, with my job helping with post-release other individuals that are coming out and to push this project forward.
0: That's
1: fantastic. So I got out. So that was the day I got out of the halfway house, they, they gave me that gift. Wow. Um, so um, it was kind of amazing to be able to move out of the halfway house and, and have a job and, you know, have this idea that I get to push my idea forward and, you know, help others that are coming out. And it's been an amazing ride. Um, you know, fast forward another four months now, 120 days. We're closing on hundred $100,000 round of financing. Um. <coughs> And that's going to be really kind of our flag in the ground. We're actually a real company. We're formed. We have all our documents in place. We've, you know, brought in this contribution for this first round. And that's going to allow us to create a coffee table book and a crowdfunding campaign. And the coffee table book is going to be curated from art all over the nation that has been done behind the walls. And right now we're doing our first test in the first prison in Colorado and what's amazing about this is that up until this point we have been working with the Department of Corrections Colorado on changing some rules around that would actually allow the inmates to contract with an outside company to make money Mm. and for that you know, the, there's automatically deductions when we put money onto their books into their restitution and child support. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a way for these individuals to use their creativity, to become creative and not become just a full sink. They, they become self-employed inside prison, so to speak, so that they can you know buy their toothpaste, buy their shampoo, buy soap. Not only that, they're Hopefully, if this $50 a month, they're not taking from their family mm-hmm. at this point, and they're giving back into their restitution and child support so that when they come out, they've paid down some of that or all of it potentially. So it's really a dynamic model that we're testing here in Colorado. And so uh, you know, hats off to the Department of Corrections Colorado for allowing this to happen. It's it's pretty, pretty spectacular that we've been able to kind of push this forward. And it's amazing that it's gone back into the prison I started this in. As the first test. So yeah, so it's, um, you know, we put the letters in and the flyers in, and and I just got an update yesterday that it was going well. And um, if it continues to go well, they will roll it out statewide. And we were, um, I've reached out through Defy, which is a national, the Defy national organization on some, uh, uh, excuse me, potential prisons in California. That we're gonna reach out to to some Defy graduates that have been there that are artists, and then we're gonna do a um, a ten state test that we're just gonna do some blank mailers out to individuals, and we'll kind of see what we get back. And then in March April we're we're launching a crowdfunder that's gonna be based on the book, and it's not just a book. We're really asking people to to get behind it as the mission of help us create this reform and this change. And to buy a book and send a book to every ward in the United States, which is there's almost 4,000 prisons holding about 2.2 million people, what they're saying, you know, as, as today's rates, um, you know, that's larger than a lot of countries. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, um, it's it's been fun, and I'm excited to see what we get in. I'm excited for, you know, the future.
0: I'm so <clears> excited <throat> for you because at, at, hearing you talk and being a fellow creative and artist, um, in my mind, the wheels are turning and going. Oh, my God, this would be a phenomenal documentary to actually film this from the get-go and uh, the whole process and this this rollout nationally, not just Colorado prison. Oh, my gosh. And the stories, the stories that are behind the art. Because most people don't realize. um, I've had family that unfortunately went to prison, and um, they've done some time. And what they don't realize is the impact on the families. They have to leave their families. Then the single parent is what it feels like for them, has to raise their children if they have any, which most of them do. Um, And so it really impacts the family as a unit, and that unit is kind of torn apart, which, you know, not every person that's in prison is a criminal. There are innocent people in there as well.
1: There are a lot of innocent people, and there's a lot of people in there that um, I would have to say— are more mental, uh, that need help Mm -hmm. and not punishment Mm -hmm. and don't need the penal system. And prison is a horrible place for if you've got any kind of mental mental problems. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's predatory, it's rough, it is, um, you know, it's just a dark place. It doesn't matter how much love and support you have from the outside and, and how much caring you have. It is a dark, lonely place. And unless you have the right mindset, you know, luckily, like I said, I, I, I went in with that mindset and just kind of did that and, and looked for the light and what it was and spent a lot of time in meditation. Um, so it became a light for me, but the, the, the experience of it and just the, the heaviness of it when you're in there is, um, it's hard to explain, um, unless you've been through it. And you know, if you've come come through it and and come out stronger, uh, I commend you. I mean, you it, know, it, it's a hard road. I mean, I, I can see how it breaks more people than it, it doesn't, and that's what they want. They want you to come out being a sheep and docile and and. and it's that's not fair that's that's we're the american you know we're supposed to have second chances it's the way we're supposed to be forgiven that's humanity we're supposed to have forgiveness it it, that's that's part of being human
0: and breaking it down it's like literally something happened so something is broke somewhere as far as like you know could be thinking it could be their programming could be the way they grew up you know because I can tell you so many people are, who would tell me, um, oh, you were an abused child, so you're probably going to end up abusing your children. I can guarantee that's not going to happen. Right. And first of all, I couldn't have kids, but second of all, it just never happened. I used to be a stepmom. There was no abuse. If that's anything, our house was full of love because I worked doubly hard to make sure the kids always knew they mattered, they were important, they were um, you know, artistic or creative, whatever they were working on, that everything mattered, and that it meant something so
1: important. It's hugely important. I mean, there's so many stories inside, going back to the stories behind the art and the the stories of humanity and the stories of redemption. You know, um, as we've been talking, Mm -hmm. part of what we're talking about um, here is not only just the art project, but creating a podcast that we're going to be calling Art of Redemption and interviewing individuals that have gone through that process and come through. And as you're saying, that the, the story behind the art there and innocent people, there are innocents, there's not innocence, and, and there's the gray area in between. But the amount of punishment that, it, that generally is thrown down for a crime on the individual is not taking into consideration sometimes mm-hmm. and is, does not take into consideration of the family, as you said. And there are so many programs in there to help the, those individuals inside and, and, and coming through and out. But there's really not anything for the families. And I hope that this project is something for the families to gather around and be proud of the people that are in their loved ones, their friends that saying, Hey, you know, I can get behind this and I can help support this. And my cousin's an artist. I'm going to, you know, buy a book and send a book to this warden and I'm going to help promote his art through my social impact and by supporting them and pushing that out or buying a piece or having, you know, and even though his cousin would probably send it to him for free, it just starts to create a different atmosphere and it creates a, a way for the family to get behind and help support those that are in in a different way um, versus just saying, I'm giving, it's giving, but it's also, you know, it's helping a whole larger population that we're helping to hopefully get this momentum and can use the family love and their support to create some change that will be meaningful. Hopefully, not just here in Colorado, but in multiple other states.
0: And that's the key word. It's about change. That is positive growth, change. Because what was working is no longer working, and it needs. Um, I think just more empowerment from personal within. Because I, I, you know, I'm always an optimist. Of I think everyone truly does want to change. They don't want to stay the same they are every day, day in, day out. That's humdrum. Um, And they don't get to learn or expand or those sorts of things. I mean, I never would have been on the spiritual journey I'm on had I not thirsted for that growth or that change.
1: Yeah, and it's not, I mean, you know, there's there's the individuals like ourselves that have that thirst, it seems like, and there's others that do not and are not interested in that. But I agree with you. I think that the change, everyone changes whether they want to or not, period. And it's just choosing whether you want to change for the better or stay in a rut. And if you're truly looking for a way to change better, there's been so many missed opportunities for a lot of these people to be misguided and just mindset Mm -hmm. that they've grown up and into the rough neighborhoods or got involved with gangs and, you know, fell out of sports and went the gang route or just uh, so many different stories. There's stories of just, you know, people falling asleep behind the wheel and and having a wreck and hurting somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, that. Does that really deserve punishment in the prison? I don't know, but there are those stories, you know, and they're the prob, prob, uh, sorry, (laughs) part of the problem is, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Um, part of the problem also is that, you know, back, you know, a few decades ago, you would get in trouble, you do your penance, and you were forgiven, and it would get off your record. Now that things are on your, 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 your past for a lifetime. And then that doesn't feel good. That's not fair. If you've gone through the change and become something better, who's to say just because something again happens 30 years later that you didn't lead a full life in between that. I've seen that story before. I was just Mm -hmm. like, that is crazy. Um, but you know, so there's just so many things that, that this can hopefully touch and help and heal. Um, And there's going to be people that love it, and there's going to be people that be like, how can you give them the opportunity? Or or That's with everything
0: in life. Exactly. You can't let that drag you down, because this project is phenomenal. And I really want you to speak to how can people find you and get involved with this project that not only does it affect Colorado, but this can affect, affect the entire nation. This is huge and so detrimental to rehabilitation.
1: Yeah, so prisonart.co C-O, is the webpage. Um, go take a look at that. We're just launching social this site um, this week, actually. And that's Prison Art Co. So, all one word, Prison Art Co. CO. And, um, you know, we'll you'll start to see some press releases from us come out this week and next week and, and over the holidays. We're getting ready to launch a campaign. Um, a big thing for me, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> while I was in. I um, had the artists inside create cards for me, greeting cards and gift cards and holiday cards. And with it being a holiday coming up, um, I thought it'd be cool to say, hey, you know, if you've got a family member or a friend in and that's shared artwork with you, share your artwork with us on our, our social media. Um, I'd love to see what you've gotten and received and, you know, be proud of, of, of your loved one or your friend that's in and that's sharing with you. And, um, you know, that's going to be kind of the start of here we are and uh, we're going to hopefully let that organically grow over the holidays and people can learn more about us. And then we're going to kick off the new year. Like I said, we're finishing up this round of financing, kind of starting this this growth. And then the new year, a lot of stuff will come out about what we're doing and, and some timelines. But, you know, it's exciting to see this change and, um, you know, getting into, I mean, it's kind of come full circle for me, right? You know, this this. You know, I, I went to, to this prison and then I'm more or less back in that prison. I'm out physically, but I'm more or less back in that prison with the program. So, um, you know, it's, it's exciting and fun and I'm, I'm having a good time with it and I'm meeting some phenomenal people along the way. I'm excited for the, the lineup that's to come for next season for the podcast. Me too. As we've talked about, there's going to be some great guys, uh-huh. hopefully, to find some gals as well. So, um, if anybody's out there listening and has gone through the system and, and come out and is interested in being interviewed and telling your story, please reach out to me.
0: How can I um, reach out
1: to you? Just reach out to me directly, Buck Adams at mac, as in the computer, mac.com. So, buckadams, all one word, at mac.com.
0: Perfect. I love that. Um, So I'm excited for the lineup of the podcast that we'll be doing for you um, and airing on Radio Red Rocks. So you can catch all those here. Um, But what impact would you like to leave personally? If you can narrow it down to everything you're creating, what impact would you personally like to leave?
1: Um, I guess the change and reform on the impact of, of the families, one, on that we can... Show the the creativity that we the, we can bring good. That's not all bad inside there. The, the, the creativity side of this can really create reform inside of inside the walls. On being, hey, to participate, you've got to stay on good time. You have a chance to make some money inside. You're going to be paying off your debt so that when you do come out, you're not just totally a, a sink. You're getting to be part of society. Being behind those walls sucks. I live there. I know. Being segregated from your family and from society is hard. Not being able to be creative and share and and, and pay off your debts while you're in there, to me is just, that's just wrong. That's all you're doing is making a huge sink on the taxpayers, a huge sink on creativity, a huge sink on humanity. You 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 put put us out there in the middle of nowhere. Most prisons, mm-hmm. totally hard for the families to get to. It's you know takes a, an effort to to go through the visitation process. And and then, you, you know, there are so many people that just, that's all you have to look forward to is that one day that you get to see somebody that you love. Yeah. And the rest of the time, you're just in this machine that is meant to just grind you down. You're not, it's like, I mean, it's prison. It's concentration camp sociology. It's you're a number, you're an offender, mm-hmm. you're Think about it. Every day that you wake up, you have to wear the exact same thing. You look into a little mirror that is cloudy, and then every time that they redress you, they address you offender, and that you're only known for the worst thing that you've done.
0: Right?
1: How hard is that mentally for for mm-hmm. an individual to come come across and, and to up gain from without having some kind of form of outlet of creativity or a release? So. And that's
0: that's the the thing is you really probably wouldn't see any gain. That's why it keeps like sometimes you have repeat offenders is give them something like your project that helps them grow or shift or change that can create a better future, not only for them, but it helps our society as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, and prisons are getting better. I will say this, that there were a ton of in prison programs such as the five that have gone in and and help guys try to change their mindset and, you know, there's technical trainings of welding and, and different things. And, you know, most all prisons have a hobby shop mm-hmm. or a leisure center where there are creativity projects being done from leather work, sculpture, prints, you know, color pencil, pen up the canvas work. So, I mean, it's being done. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we allowing them to take advantage of it and, and, and make a little money and pay off some of their societal debts and not be a sink on the families. I mean, it is just a big sink all the way around. So I guess the biggest change there would just to be able to help individuals become their full potential. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a, a passionate, caring, capable human and everybody should be passionate, caring, And capable, and 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 help others get to their potential. Mm -hmm. And if everyone did just that little bit of pay it forward, it would go a long ways. Mm -hmm. And if even if the pay it forward is is sharing your creativity, that you know, so their art is so subjective and such a. I had no idea of getting into this project, what I was trying to get myself into. I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) There's moments that I'm just like, how do I make sense of this art world? It Mm -hmm. is so crazy. (laughs) Um, but, (laughs) But it's so fascinating at the same time. And, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm loving it, but at you know, it's just like, you know, one people can look at that picture right there and just be like, what is that? I don't even understand. The other picture is like, well, it's this and this and this. And it's just like, okay, I don't see that, but mm-hmm. good for you. <laughs> it's a great the same.
0: So that's what I love about art is, you know, you may hate that piece and I love it and going, oh my gosh, it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, so this it one, just depends on the person.
1: It's so subjective and, and so, um, you know, it's such a wild place. But I mean, and the marketplace is so huge. I mean, to put it in in context, just the crafts market in the United States—they're saying is you know over sixty billion. And to put that in consideration, the, the sports—you know, football, baseball, all those combined, golf, everything—is like eighty billion. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, Etsy didn't get the four billion in sales without it being something, right? Yeah. Um So.
0: And I'm one of those that does craft fairs on the weekends. So, you know, being an artist, I try to sell my photography or I read tarot because they usually want me to combine both. So, you know, you're just kind of Jane of all trades as far as some of that goes. But I am thankful that you took a time to spend time with us to tell us about your project. That you've allowed me to mentor you and kind of sculpt this a little bit, yeah, And lead you into your amazing podcast that you're going to have next semester.
1: Well, like I said, it's it's been fun, I, and Dina, you've been great, and the whole Radio Red Rock staff has, has been amazing on supporting this project and me. Uh, so thank you very much. I'm, I'm, you know, heart goes out very much, grateful for the opportunity, and I'm excited to. See, we it comes for next semester. Me and too. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, such a pleasure to have you. So, thank you for uh aligning with us and um trusting us to bring on your project. So,
1: thank you. Thank you yeah. This is your host Buck Adams. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, please contact us through artforredemption.com. Art for Redemption is an e-commerce platform for incarcerated artists. We are currently collecting art from artists nationwide to be showcased in the first ever coffee table book for this genre. Check us out at artforredemption.com.